huge welcome to everybody for this episode of the Futures of Education podcast with myself, Alex Patterson, a secondary school uh, senior leader in a school in the UK. The Futures of Education is an intergenerational podcast in collaboration with Harvard's Human Flourishing Program, where each month I'm joined by a different and much younger educational change maker to talk about educational transformation. And for the second time this month, uh, really privileged to be joined by Fatima Khan. Hey everyone, I'm Fatima and I'm just, I've just finished my master's in education policy from the University of Bristol. Awesome. And Fatima, last episode, a fantastic, uh, slightly longer conversation than today, uh, conversation with, with Kerry Facer. Um, so great to see you, uh, here again, Fatima, but what have we got, what have we got planned today? So, well, the last episode of every month is a 10 minute disruptive idea from a thought leader in education. And today we're delighted to welcome back Professor Kerry Facer. So Kerry, welcome back to the Futures of Education podcast. And thanks so much again for the last episode that you were involved in. That was very interesting. It's lovely to be here again. Nice to see you both. So Kerry, what idea do you have, you know, with us, to share with us today? <laughs> okay. So what I want to share with you is an argument that we, we've spent the last 20 or so years talking about student voice and trying to think about how we can create opportunities for young people to speak. And while I recognize that that is really important, I want to invite us all into the question of whether actually what we might also need to do is learn how to listen, mm. learn how to hear what the world is telling us, learn how to hear what each of us is saying to the other. So. I'm just going to read something that I'm writing at the moment. It's a little bit rough. I hope that's okay, but um, it's a bit of an experiment. Um, so I've been writing a piece that, that started thinking about how do we respond to both the news around climate change and also to our new technologies and to what AI is offering right now. And I'll just read this. The difference between a human and an octopus in terms of intelligence may, they say, be only a question of longevity. If the octopus could hand on her knowledge to a next generation, as we do, her evolution would be rapid. But when we're comparing ourselves with the AI, we are the octopus. Our intergenerational transfer is much slower than the AI, which can learn infinitesimally faster. An octopus farm has just been set up on the Canary Islands. It will farm a million octopus each year by cramming them into tiny pens, these creatures who prefer their solitude, and then freezing them alive for the food market. What silence do we need to allow us to notice this news, to feel it, to allow the knowledge of this farm that we're making to settle within us and to crack us open from the inside? The latest IPCC report states widespread and rapid changes in the atmosphere, ocean, cryosphere, and biosphere have occurred. The Living Planet Index tells us that on average, we're seeing a 69% decline in populations between 1970 and 2018. Only 37% of rivers longer than 1,000 kilometers remain free, free flowing over their length. 
the global abundance of 18 of 31 sharks raised has declined by 71% over the last 50 years. Even if we set aside the question of whether this news matters, to some it doesn't, and whether we can act, this is another issue. We're still confronted with the question of how we can hear these words. How can we listen to what is being said? What if silence is needed rather than words? What if the great space of not speaking is needed to allow us to hear what these reports are saying? We tend not to protect zones of silence. We have dark skies parks from which we remove human light so that we can see the stars. There are few equivalent spaces from which we remove human speech and sound unless we retreat from the world into the rhythms of the monastery. What would it mean to stay in the world and yet hold a space for silence in which we can allow other voices to enter? What would it mean to create a conversation that valued the silences, that created intentionally the openings for others, for whispers that we can't, can't quite catch, for knowledge that we don't want to confront, to enter our awareness. Two months ago, I sat at the bedside of an old woman dying. Her soft hand was in mine, her pulse was ticking in her wrist, and her head was back against the pillow, soft folds of skin resting beneath her jaw. And around her, the family listened intently. It was the quality of listening for a word before death. The Irish bards, Tony Hoagland tells us, had schools in which the young men would lie in the dark, composing and then revising their poems overnight, through the next day, through the black of the next night, before beginning to write. Their words came from a deep silence, from a listening for the new and the old poetry that would arise. Silence is the necessary pause that makes life audible. Without the spaces, we can't hear the words. There are different qualities of silence. Lisa Matsai tells us that silence is inhabited. In life drawing, we're told to draw the negative spaces between the shapes. It's these that make the shapes of the body. So I suppose the question that I'm asking today is what would an education look like? What would it feel like? What would it sound like that centered each person's listening as unique, that understood each silence as imbued with history? Wow. Kerry, really cool. Thank you so much. <laughs> Something that came up for me, conscious we, we've got two minutes, Fatima, I'm going to jump in here and ask something. Yeah. Kerry, for, for yeah. you, before we can we can think to transform anything in our world, do we first have to transform ourselves? I think we do those things together. Those things go hand in hand. We can't change the world unless we're changing ourselves. But our changing of ourselves is always done in interaction. We're, we're always in encounter with others. So I suppose what I'm saying is just that part of that encounter is not always about 
and it's ironic here as we're doing a podcast, it's not always about my voice and my talking and my speaking. It is also about those moments of listening and allowing the world to enter us and allowing that to have an effect on who we are. And I think one of the critical questions is, can we create spaces in schools that allow that vulnerability? Because it's a vulnerable thing to do, to say, I'm going to sit and listen, really hear, really take on what somebody else, this other person is saying to me. Thank you so much, Kerry Facer. Um, for joining us on on episode two of Futures of Education. Really appreciate it. Fatima, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me and inviting me to sort of do this. Thank you so much. Pleasure. And thank you to you all for, for joining us again. See you next time.